0: Women's Health Melbourne is an innovative, holistic fertility and women's health practice. We are world leaders in IVF and egg freezing and provide our patients with every opportunity to achieve their goals.
1: Our hand picked, expert team provides the ultimate care experience for our patients. Reach us at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au and follow us at Women's Health Melbourne and at Dr. Rayleigh Hello and welcome to Knocked Up, the podcast about fertility and women's health. You are joined as always by me, Geordie Morrison and Dr. Raylia Liu, CREI Fertility Specialist. Welcome Relia. Hi, how are you Geordie? I'm great. Thanks for coming back again Raylia. Talking about a bit of a sensitive topic today and that is when an IVF cycle is cancelled. Let's start off with why and I would think there's a few reasons. Or we can start with what? which is what is a cancelled
0: IVF cycle? Um, It's a cycle that is either a stimulated cycle where the intention had been to collect eggs, where we decide that we're going to cease medications and not go to an egg collection, or it can be a cancelled cycle where we were going to do an embryo transfer, but we've decided that things are not optimal and we're not going to do... An embryo transfers. That can happen after an egg collection in a stimulated cycle, but it can also happen for an intended frozen embryo cycle. And so it's really when you have started a planned treatment, but your physician or doctor feels that the cycle is not optimal for the best outcome. And there are certain criteria that can be the reason.
1: And so, why would we cancel?
0: Well, one criteria might be that your pre-egg collection assessments in a cycle where we are planning to do an egg retrieval with the idea of making embryos, it may be that you've had abnormal screening assessments where there's a low ovarian response and that predicts a potential for fewer eggs collected than we might want to go for. There might be... In a embryo transfer cycle where we're tracking your ovulation, you might have ovulated prematurely and we might not have known exactly when the progesterone hormone started to rise in a cycle where we were planning to put an embryo back and we always like to have control and, and know when the optimal time is for a transfer and if you've had a hormonally abnormal cycle where things haven't gone according to plan, it's better sometimes to stop the cycle and plan to transfer the embryo in more optimal circumstances but there are some other reasons that cycles can be cancelled when they have proceeded to egg collection and that can be when despite going for egg collection no eggs are found and we can talk about that a little bit more and why that can happen or it can be the eggs were found but no embryos were formed that are suitable for transfer on the day of a planned embryo transfer or indeed that no embryos were formed during the cycle on day five six or seven and there were no suitable embryos created in that cycle and that can happen too so the cycle would be cancelled at that time point that can be because of failed fertilization you can put eggs and sperm together in the lab and in a proportion of cycles failed fertilization occurs even with all measures that we can attempt to fertilize eggs and it can be very emotionally devastating for patients when our expectation is that we were going to have an embryo transfer and it's not going to happen another reason might be an abnormal uterine lining so if you have a very thin uterine lining or if we have the unexpected discovery of something like a polyp in the womb When we were planning an embryo transfer, we might cancel a cycle to try and
1: optimise the lining of the uterus for a future month. You mentioned that you might cancel because there won't be enough eggs. What are the options then?
0: It really depends on the person. So if the sperm in a couple, in a situation where it's a couple, is okay, you might actually, rather than completely cancelling the cycle, you might convert it to something like an IUI treatment, intrauterine insemination, to give the person a chance of having a baby in that month if the cycle was intended for IVF as opposed to egg freezing. Uh, in terms of that, what we would do is we would take a sperm sample as we would in IVF, but concentrate the sperm and insert it inside of the woman's womb on the day that she was going to ovulate. And that's to improve the chance beyond natural conception chances but would not be taking eggs out of the body. And, and that would be suitable if there is between one and three eggs expected to be released. If there's not enough eggs that we would want to go to an egg collection in some circumstances, that's a reasonable alternative treatment. As long as the person has open fallopian tubes and as long as the person's partner has sperm of sufficient quality, to be convinced that there's a reasonable chance of a pregnancy happening so if one or both of those factors are not present then converting to IUI is not going to be helpful for that person so we wouldn't necessarily do it so if someone has known blocked tubes or absent tubes so that inserting sperm is not going to go near an egg then there's no point in converting a cycle to IUI and if the sperm is ICSI quality and is not likely to be able to fertilize an egg, there's no point in converting a cycle to IUI. If someone has really severe endometriosis and we think that pelvic factors are a problem, then there's not really much point in converting a cycle to IUI. So we certainly wouldn't do that for everyone, but it's an option. The real reason not to go to egg collection if there's a low number of follicles is cost, because taking a person to egg collection means that they have an anesthetic and they come into hospital and that they incur the costs of ivf and unfortunately the truth is that not every follicle we see on scan even has an egg inside the egg is a single cell you cannot see it on an ultrasound whereas the ovarian follicle is a larger structure that may have an egg inside and a certain number of follicles still have an egg and some have no egg anymore because the oocyte, the single cell, has not survived to that point in their life. So you can still have a follicle without an egg. And we find that we don't get an egg from every follicle. And if we anticipate that there may be a low number of follicles, we definitely know there's not going to be more than one egg for every follicle. And so the chance of making an embryo is lower and some people will choose not to go to egg collection in that context. There'll be other people who do. So cycle cancellation is always a dynamic discussion between the doctor and the patient. It's not the doctor dictating it. We make an active choice. I have babies in my practice that have been one follicle, one egg, one baby. And so if a patient wants me to go for an egg collection with a low number of eggs, I will do it for them. And some people can't make more than one or two follicles because they are going through premature ovarian insufficiency or just have a very low ovarian reserve and that's what their ovaries are capable of, in which case, particularly in situations where there's tubal blockage or where ICSI is necessary to fertilise an egg, um, where we inject a sperm into the egg in the lab and there's no other way, you know, then we go for those low follicle numbers. But the chance of an IVF cycle being successful is going to be improved if there are more eggs and there's safety in numbers. And so some people who might, we might feel that having a below average cycle for them might choose to cancel a cycle rather than go to egg collection with low numbers of follicles. So it's very individual. Another reason for not getting eggs in egg collection is if the trigger fails. So there's a medication in the cycle called a trigger. There are different types of these medications that we can give and different doses that we can give. And I would say most patients we would treat with a standard dose of medication because that's what's been studied and tested to be the relevant dose for most people in their first IVF cycle but if in their first IVF cycle no eggs are collected and we're worried that the trigger hasn't worked for that particular patient in their physiology then one thing that we can do in a future cycle to try again is use a different trigger and potentially that might mean a different regimen of medications in the lead up to an IVF stimulation and I would say there's about 2,000 different combinations when we take into account all the different medications, their doses and their combination effects that we can write an IVF cycle with. So there's many different things we can try. If a cycle hasn't been successful or if we've bailed on a cycle or cancelled a cycle before its completion, then the first thing I would recommend is making an appointment to go speak with your specialist and have an evaluation of the events of the cycle to date and what might be different in a future cycle and what could be changed, as well as also acknowledging what might not be different and what might be unchangeable. Because when someone has a very low oh, ferrin reserve, very low egg count, it may be a recurring theme that they may in serial cycles have a low number of follicles recruited. And if that's the case, the options are to either go for a low number of eggs in egg collection or potentially use an egg donor as an alternative strategy. And um, that's a discussion that has to be
1: had with nuance, compassion and sensitivity. And why would an embryo transfer be cancelled? Because that's timed and perfected. What are the variables there? Well, I always say, particularly in a natural
0: cycle, that we're mammals, not machines. And what we're actually doing in a natural cycle where we're putting back a frozen embryo is tracking your cycle. We're not controlling it. We're tracking it. And sometimes you throw a wobbly. The cycle is not always the same. The follicle that develops might not be hormonally competent. It might be triggered prematurely by having a high baseline level of follicle-stimulating hormone or having a premature ovarian surge um, in response to a rapidly rising estrogen level. That can happen if you naturally release two eggs in the same cycle the estrogen level can rise a lot and that's actually something that's not uncommon in women who are in their perimenopause and while menopause is not a word that we naturally associate with fertility perimenopause happens 10 years before menopause and the average age that someone becomes peri is around 40 and guess what there's plenty of people having IVF in their 40s so it does overlap and cycles can be dysfunctional. They can be, instead of the clockwork 28-day cycle, they can be variable. Some people have a 21-day cycle or a 26-day cycle or a 23-day cycle, different every month. And um, for that reason, you know, sometimes one cycle just isn't the right cycle to put an embryo back in. It's not the world's best cycle. And but waiting for another cycle might be the right thing to do. The other thing we sometimes do for patients who are, experiencing repeated cycles with abnormal hormone levels is just take over the cycle with an assisted cycle a hormonally artificially replaced cycle where we can actually take control and, and that's a very American way of doing things I would say that 90% plus of embryo transfer cycles in the United States are artificial cycles whereas I am a very big fan of natural cycle embryo transfer myself in my practice, but there's a time and a place for different types. We sometimes also need to cancel an embryo transfer on the day of the planned transfer if an embryo has not survived freezing and warming. The damage to an embryo happens when it is frozen, but we find out about it when it is warmed. And an embryo is only suitable for transfer if more than 50% of its cells have survived freezing and warming an embryo has about 200 cells when it's frozen as a blastocyst we ideally want more than 95 percent of those cells to be intact for the embryo to have its best chance but sometimes embryos are vulnerable to freezing and they're damaged by the process and they may not warm intact and that is a very upsetting type of cycle cancellation because it happens as a shock to the patient on the day that the embryo comes out of the freezer and if it's their last embryo it can be very devastating because it's also a sign that we have to start IVF from scratch going into a stimulated cycle um, going right back to the starting line and that can be emotionally so confronting.
1: What's your advice to people where at some stage what they thought was going to happen was cancelled?
0: I think in IVF more so than other areas of medicine sometimes the emotional roller coaster that patients feel, as well as the hormone changes that can contribute, is about outcomes not meeting expectations. I think one of the things that we can do to emotionally prepare patients for treatment is educate them about all the things that can go wrong, as well as what we expect to happen in IVF, so that at least if they do hit a speed hump like a cancelled cycle, It's not completely unanticipated that that could occur. But I think nothing really prepares somebody for this type of outcome and it can be very emotionally charged. I would say that every cycle is different. Depending on the person's circumstances, it may be an outlier for them. My best advice is make an appointment with your doctor to have a discussion, uh, potentially a few days after you hear the news. I mean, obviously a doctor might talk to you on the day as well, but make it, make a time to sit down where you have time, when you've had a little bit of time to process what has happened and where we can go through the reasons for the choices that were made and the decisions that were the conclusion. And then we can talk about firstly, what can be done differently? How might we set another cycle up for a different outcome? And If we feel that that is something that might recur, well, what are our other alternatives if we don't want to try again? But usually what I would say is we have another go in a different month and we turn over a new leaf and we start a new chapter, sometimes with a
1: different plan and align our goals with what we're trying to achieve. You mentioned about taking a bit of time to process. It might be a good idea to get some supportive counselling during that time? definitely in our
0: model of care we have a a holistic model of care and part of our team I always say it takes about 25 people to make an IVF baby and I think um, sometimes people are initially surprised at the cost of IVF and why it's expensive but there literally is about 25 team members in your IVF cheer squad trying to help you have a baby and one of the important team members is your IVF counsellor as well as our beautiful nursing team who are also there to offer you support. But booking in for a counseling session can be really, really helpful to reflect on not what has happened necessarily, but how you feel about that. And just giving you the professional support and permission to experience those feelings and help you process in a constructive way that can really, really help with particularly I feel anxiety moving into a new treatment because when things go wrong in IVF, as in other areas of medicine, particularly when you approach IVF with a lot of optimism, which I think is natural for humans to do. And I certainly approach IVF with a lot of optimism myself. But I think when you do hit a speed hump where things go wrong, it's kind of a loss of innocence and it can open a door for a lot of negative emotions And it can open a door for a lot of worry and anxiety where we think this is never going to happen for me. What if this happens every time? What if this happens again next time? And you can feel a lot of anxiety and worry. And it's at a time I feel where a lot of people don't speak to friends and family as much as they would about other issues because of, I guess, a cultural secrecy around early pregnancy and not wanting people to know everything about your life is completely fine and having that privacy is fine, but it often does isolate us from our support networks. So just investing in your own self-care and engaging with our professional counsellors can be so, so, so helpful. And I've had so many patients who've seen Sue Ellen and Bridget and our beautiful counselling team. Just tell me how helpful that was for them. So I would just pay it forward to others who might be listening that if you have the opportunity to have some professional help from an emotional perspective definitely take it.
1: Thank you Raylia. To support Knocked Up leave us a review or recommend to a friend. Join us on Instagram at Knocked Up Podcast and join Raylia at Dr Raylia Lu and email us your questions to podcast at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au